Hey, one more thing before you go. What do you do when you have a fascination with ghosts, demons, the afterlife, spirituality, mediumship, psychic abilities, and more? You write a book. And what's better than just one book? How about a series of books? In this episode, we're going to have a conversation with a woman who explores the in-between, life after death, and spiritual warfare, which may or may not be based on personal experience. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. My guest in this episode is Wendy Fidan. She's an author, illustrator, residing in Amherst, Ohio. She's been a professional illustrator for over 25 years with both corporate and freelance experience. She is currently a freelance illustrator, loving her life as an independent. Although Wendy focuses most on her book business on children's picture books, she is fascinated by the paranormal and her self-published novel series, Two books so far about life after life, a fictional series with a Stranger Things flavor called Somewhere in Between, which we've had conversations on the show about the in-between, which explores the topic of life after death and spiritual warfare in a lighthearted, entertaining manner. Kind of a Stranger Things humorous vibe, I think. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, absolutely. I th- what a, an amazing journey you have. I mean, as a creator myself, I love the uh, the individuals that I have conversations with that are creators. And, you know, cre- and from your perspective, you create from several different modes. Um, you, you've got your illustrations, and which are magnificent. They're all on your website, which we're going to give everybody later. You have fiction and nonfiction, you know, yes. books. Yes, yeah. Little, and, yeah, I got a little bit of both actually. Mostly fiction, uh, and a little bit of nonfiction. A little bit of nonfiction, and you have a podcast. So I mean, you create from several different aspects, and I love the 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 illustration aspect of it. And then you promote art because I think art is a way for us to connect to the universe in in a really unique way, from my opinion. I think that it brings us beauty, and it brings us harmony, and it brings us peace. It brings us the ability to be thoughtful and open-minded when we when we view art. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like actually the creative process really brings us together with our spiritual selves as well. I think it really helps us when we create something, anything, it um, gets us in touch with that intu- intuitive part of ourselves. I agree with that. I think we are, as humanity, are all connected. And, uh, you know, well, it's just like um, art is similar to music and dance. They're universal languages. They can be experienced and expressed and experienced no matter where you're from, no matter what nationality you're from, no matter what language you, you speak, no matter which culture you are, you can still experience the same art subjectively. The same music, same way, same dance. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyway, yeah. let's get back on track. I sometimes they go off on these <laughs> old, little wandering tangents. <laughs> I want to know your journey and how you got to where you're at. So let's start at the beginning. Where'd you grow up? 
all grew up in Canada, actually. I was born there in Newmarket, Ontario. It's about 45 minutes northwest from Toronto. And it used to be small. Now it's huge. <laughs> I, I think it's, and, I think it's um, going that way all over the place. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. But when I was 12 years old, my family, because of my mom's job, she had an opportunity with her company to move down to the States. And she was from... Uh, she was from Ohio originally. She was born there. My father is the natural born Canadian. So, and he always wanted to live in the States. So we, uh, as a family moved down to North Carolina in the United States. So far North to deep South almost. <laughs> it was quite a culture shock, quite a wonderful thing. And that's what I wrote my first book about when I was, when I was, 12 years old, I always loved to write. I was journaling a lot during that time, maybe doing a little bit of uh, fan fiction type stuff when I was young. And um, when I was 12 years old, this big, amazing thing finally happened in my life. Wow, something amazing happened to me. I have to write about it. So I typed 104 pages uh, when I was on my typewriter at home. <laughs> No computers back, back, back then. In, say back in the olden days. <laughs> exactly. Back in the olden days where dinosaurs roamed. <laughs> so yeah, I typed away on my typewriter. It was such it was a typer such a typewriter that it um uh, I actually remember typing the uh when I typed the keys, the O would actually punch a hole in the paper. <laughs> I, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, those yeah. I remember those and the keys that stuck. Yeah, those two. Yeah, they would stick. You'd type a little too fast, and then boom, they'd all kind of like jam together, and you'd have to go in and untangle them a little bit, and all that. It was kind of funny. But uh, but yeah, when I was in my, I guess when I was about thirty years old, I revisited that hundred and four page uh, memoir that I'd typed up when I was a kid, and thought, you know, can I salvage anything from this? and decided to completely rewrite it. And it turned into my first self-published series, which was, I I guess that's particularly my nonfiction, it's more of a memoir, but I, but so, thank goodness I wrote down a lot of stuff when I was young, because I was able to remember a lot through that. But of course there are always these things that you, you have to fill in the gaps, you know? Um, so I, instead of writing a true, instead of labeling it a true story, I labeled it a vague recollection. <laughs> a vague recollection. It's sort of like a, like truth. As a cop, I understand this perspective. Truth adjacent. It used to be, well, you're almost telling me the truth, but you're truth adjacent. You're right next to the truth. <laughs> Yeah, creative, uh, creative memoir, perhaps. <laughs> so exactly. That's that's my nonfiction. <laughs> that's that I uh, have written uh, my one and only memoir uh, series that I had that I had. But it was it, it just it fits so perfectly as a series because when I wrote it, I realized this is going to be a pretty big book, and I really don't want it to be a huge book. So I realized that the story of that part of my life really fit well as a three book series because so the first the first book centered around my life in Canada and really focusing on that and that 
part of our existence, that part of my life. And moving into the second book that focuses on the big revelation that we were going to move and going through all of that and the emotions and family um, stories that came around that. And then the last book was about uh, my life in the United States and our, our transition into our new life living there in the South. And it was a, a lot of humor, a lot of humor, um, basically um, making light of, of the whole thing, but also having, it was fun experimenting with, um, with those things, uh, with um, just storytelling and, and mixing, uh, mixing hard truths um, and, you know, life lessons, adding, sprinkling in some humor and lightheartedness so that it's easy to swallow. You know, you, you can be, I like having a balance and um, like, I love Steven Spielberg movies where, <laughs> where, you know, there's, you know, he, he's got a talent as well for, uh, I, I really love his style where, where he'll approach some very serious topics, but he'll always have some little bit of humor in there at least to lighten the mood. And so that you're not stuck in this, like, oh my gosh, this is too hard for me to handle. It'll, it just adds. And I really do believe that, um, uh, I should look this up to be sure, but I'm pretty sure whenever I think of the word humor, you know, it's human. It's like the human part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, I think yeah, yeah. It really, I think humor connects us to our humanity and uh, helps us to, um, to not be so, I guess, heavy about things. <laughs> uh, and that's something I really uh, liked to put into the, the paranormal stories. I learned a lot about fiction writing, uh, fun, you know, you know, humorously enough, um, from writing that memoir series because I had to fill in the gaps and all that kind of stuff and learning how to write dialogue when, um, just by knowing the characters 100% because I knew them. They were all real to me. I knew what they would re how they would react, what they would say. So I learned a lot, I think, about fiction writing by writing that series of stories from my past. I mean, that sounds like an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a writer yourself. I love Steven Spielberg. I have for a long time. I wish he would get more recognition than he does. Yeah. Um, in, in, in my opinion, I think he needs to have one more Oscars and more oh, yeah. accolades for his approach on many things and you know we the last thing we in fact my wife and i reviewed the fablemans we have a, a sunday podcast called over the teacup and we do mm -hmm. movie reviews and things like that and we reviewed the fablemans because it it just the story drew you in so well wow you know it it just was pretty cool um yeah. i'm going to regress a little bit if you don't mind i would like to go back to um, what was your family like? I mean, the, your creativity, my, I told you before, my, and before we started, my father was a writer and, uh, I went to, I went to, when he went to go review something like a theater, which got me interested in theaters, he reviewed movies. So I got to go to the movies early. So I spent my childhood in the movie, in the theaters and in dance recitals, unfortunately in WWE wrestling matches <laughs> and, and things like that too. But you only give me a wide diverse of stuff. So what was your family like? Thank you for asking that question. Um, and yeah, it'll be relatable later on when we talk about paranormal stuff, believe it or not. Um, won't be obvious right now, but, <laughs> but uh, my, uh, my dad uh, who passed away uh, like 
six years ago, I think it was. Um, he was, I, I call it my, my cheerleader uh, growing up. Uh, my dad was a huge uh, influence on me creatively. He was, um, he was definitely one of those dreamers. And he, would, he loved talking to me and encouraging me uh, about anything creative. And he, he always got excited about my drawings whenever I, whenever I would express my, myself uh, with my art. Uh, he, always, he was just so encouraging. And he would say, oh, I could see these characters in a book or something like that. And, um, and when I was interested in high school, I was interested in theater and acting. And he would got really excited about that. It was like he was, I could, I knew that he was encouraging me to almost, you know, pass on his dreams uh, through me. And, um, and I loved it. It just brought us really close together. And um, I loved hearing his stories about things that he had done. Uh, like he was an extra in a movie one time and he could sense one time that the film director was actually, or that the, um, that the cameraman was kind of focusing in on him at one point. And um, he was, I'll never forget that little story he was telling me, it was really cool. And um, just all the different things. My dad was one of those people who had uh, so many different jobs in his life, tried a lot of different things. And my mom, she, uh, uh, she was and is you know, the constant. Uh, she was like the rock uh, of the family, I, I call her that. Um, and she was also kind of my mentor of faith. Um, you know, she, my dad didn't really go to church with us or anything. I had a falling out with, uh, with the church when he was younger, I think. And, uh, but my mom, uh, took us to church all the time. And so she was, I call her my mentor of faith. And, um, she was kind of, I always thought of her as the breadwinner because my dad was all, you know, constantly going from job to job. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know if he just, uh, things would just happen, I guess. You know, he, it's not like he would get fired. It's like either he would get bored of something or circumstances would change or something. And, uh, but my mom was always, was the one who kind of led the, the corporate life in a way. Uh, she worked her way all the way up to the executive branch of this company and um, the company that ended up helping us uh, have the opportunity to move to the States. So um, she, I always looked up to her, still do, of course, um, as uh, that kind of influence in my life. You know, very, she's a very patient mother, a very, very loving mother. Uh, so I, I get a lot of, um, have a lot, deep amount of respect for my mom. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of that, you know, family dynamic, you know, in, in all three books, you know, uh, this is, it was interesting writing it though, because my parents, uh, unfortunately, they uh, got divorced when I was in college. Uh, so it was interesting going back in, in time and writing about that time in our lives when we were a family unit in that way. <laughs> uh, and when we were a together family instead of a separate family, um, had a, 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 I have one sister, one sibling, and um, we had one of those love-hate relationships growing up, <laughs> best friend, worst enemy, that kind of thing. So um, uh, 
but yeah, my parents were both, uh, I, I always, I just love talking about them and how they have influenced my life and, uh, miss my dad tremendously. Um, yeah. I'm sorry for your loss. I can relate to that. It, it's one of those things. I know that we have certain members of our family that we we are closer to, and um, not that we don't love them all equally, but mm -hmm. you know there seems to be a better connection between some of us. And um, so I respect that. I I do. I think that uh, it allow it it helps us to move forward in life when you have somebody that really you know, well. You got lucky because you had two people really that mentored yeah. you pretty well. I mean, you, I was especially with your fortunate. mother, yeah, climbing the ladder. I don't know what time era it was, but you know, it's hard for, uh, unfortunately, I watched my mother do it as a single mother, um, try to climb the ladder and try to move up. And it was hard back uh, years and well, just even shortly, not that long ago, it's difficult for a single mom to move it's up. It's true. And it, it is funny how, I look back and you know when you grow up when you're when you're a kid you just accept what's around you you don't necessarily question anything or think you know back then of course yeah. I didn't think oh how what an awesome woman she is you know <laughs> I didn't think of you know her as yeah. someone who had because she didn't ever seem to be struggling uh, she was just this very strong uh, you know female presence in my life you know she was she was mom and um, I think that I know that that really influenced me throughout my life. Uh, just knowing, just knowing and believing that having absolutely no thought in my mind that, yeah, just because I'm a female, you know, I'll be struggling more than anybody else because I didn't grow up that way. You know, my mom taught me from the very beginning, like, Hey, you know, she, <laughs> she uh, carried her family uh, through a lot of stuff and it's like, yeah, yeah, I can do that too. <laughs> it's, very, it's very, very cool. Yeah. Kudos yeah. to all you single mothers, single parents, even single fathers too. But kudos yeah. to all the single mothers out there who have walked that journey as well and, and raised kids and brought them forward in a very empowering way. So I like that. Mm. So and we mentioned college. Let's talk about that. Where did you go to college? I mean, let's, let's do this. What did you want to yeah. be when you grew up? <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is, when I was a kid, my dream was to be uh, an author illustrator. <laughs> like that was my dream. I always, I always wanted to, yeah, write and illustrate my own books. And uh, that was very, uh, very much um, encouraged by all my teachers. Uh, what was interesting is that, um, of course, my elementary school experience up until I was, you know, 12 years old, you know, of course, my teachers had grown up with me or had grown i had grown up with my teachers at the time and uh because it was just a, a one school and um they so they were able to know automatically what i liked you know from year to year you know teachers kind of know you and uh even if you're not in it, with the same teachers they they tend to talk to each other and they're like oh yeah this kid loves this and da 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 uh, so my teachers knew how to encourage me and it was really obvious that I loved to write and I loved to illustrate because they would give me these journals uh, to fill up and I would write and draw stories in them. Uh, when I went to the States, um, of course, nobody knew me. Nobody knew anything about me. Um, so, so my writing, uh, 
was all kind of turned into this secret thing that was not something that I shared openly because it was it, it turned into maybe a little more of a private thing um, because writing is quiet. Nobody, you know, I wasn't given those journals in class anymore to write in. You know, it's not, it wasn't something that was naturally done in class anymore when I was uh, a teenager. So, um, so it wasn't as obvious to the teachers to know how to encourage me in my writing. However, it became very obvious to everybody that I was good at art. Um, you know, that's a more vision, you know, it's a more in your face thing people can see when you draw. <laughs> um, so they did know how to encourage me with that. And they did know to encourage me with that in school. So that became kind of more of my focus um, as I became a teenager and my writing became more of a, a quiet love or passion that I kept to myself. But I would do little sneaky things like just to kind of let people know that writing was also a passion of mine. I, I, I took, you know, when I was writing the book um, before I typed it up when I was you know, 12, 13 years old, I, I bought a blank book. Actually, I had to buy two because it was too much to fit in one blank book. But I, um, I bought a blank book and I would take it during recess, uh, lean up against, it would just sit on the, um, against the building and, uh, and write in my journal, uh, or write in my, my blank book, I should say, because I was writing a story, not a journal. I was writing my story in those, in those books. So people would notice that. <laughs> and uh, my classmates, every once in a while, you know, there were certain classmates that would come over and say, hey, what are you doing? That's kind of cool. You're writing something, what you're writing? And, you know, and to be honest, I think I kind of did that on purpose because I really did want people to know that I love to write, but I didn't, you know, there was really no outlet to express that, you know, I mean, I wasn't publishing my stories or anything. So, but I did want that encouragement uh, to come back in, into my life again. Um, it's, it's, it's hard when nobody knows how to encourage you, you know, no one knows what you really want to do. Um, so that was, uh, I'm really glad that there were some people who noticed me writing and uh, those people, thank goodness, um, would remember that and they would ask later on, like, oh, you still writing that story, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So that was very helpful, very encouraging. And one thing I will say about my mother also, uh, thanks to my, even though my dad was the dreamer of the two, my mom didn't think twice when I wanted to, when I decided I wanted to go into art as a profession. Uh, I decided to go to the, I went to the Cleveland Institute of Art for, uh, and I only applied to that one college and that was it. <laughs> um, which is just, like that just not shows your what, dedication. As, yeah, uh, you it know. just shows what, I was just 100%. And uh, thanks, thanks to my mom, the reason why my mom was, uh, as encouraging as she was and believed in me. Uh, I mean, they both believed in me. It was just wonderful. But my mom's dad was an artist as well. And she had five siblings. So he had a six child family to take care of. And he was, mm -hmm. uh, he made a living as an art editor for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. So my mom mm -hmm. woke, you know, grew up 
with no reservations about, oh, artists can't make it. You can't make a job with art. She knew, I mean, her dad supported the whole family, you know, with, with his income from being an artist. So she, that was lucky for me because that, not that everybody is, has that. Yeah, especially from the area that you grew up in because that, well, all over, but, you know, specifically back in, back in the day, you know, it was, that's not a real job. Are you going to be an actor? Yeah. That's not a real job. You want to you want to be an artist? That's not a real job. You know, it's kind of, you want to be a musician? Not a real job. Yeah. We all know that they are, and we all strive to be to be something along that line. You know, I wanted to be a drummer. You know, that was oh, a real that's job. awesome. My dad was a drummer. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be a drummer. Um, yeah, but you, but I did not want to be the long haired guy because I I well I never was that guy anyway. But you know, it's kind of one of those. One of those things that 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 was a benefit to you, I think, because it in that day and age, it, you know, the opposite would be what I just said. That's not a job. Go get a real job, and then you start pushing people's passions away, and you start closing the door on their passions and their creativity, because they think, well, I'm not going to do that because that's not a real job in the back of your head. And uh, so, yeah, kudos to your mother, kudos to your father. That that was brilliant because look what you're doing now. You're living your life. You're sharing your passion, and what is the best part about life? Sharing your passion. Absolutely. You know what I mean. So, yeah. I find that really, really cool. Well, let, let's talk about like, I, uh, let's talk about how. Let me see. Would be. I do want to ask this question. So, because we want to talk about the paranormal, we want to talk about the supernatural from that perspective. Because you're creating some books, and you know the question begs itself. Was it from personal experience? How, what inspired you? Did you have some paranormal experiences that enlightened you into this arena uh, of ghosts and demons and and the rest of that, or is that something you just kind of stumbled on? How how did you get interested in that? Yeah, well, you know, I grew up as I mentioned in uh, as in kind of a religious background. You know, my mom, uh, uh, you know, really. Know, encourage that that part of me part of us I should say <clears throat> me and my sister uh, so I grew up just you know with a natural um, faith and belief in in the afterlife uh, and like and since I came from a Christian background it's like I I I like I believed in demons as much as I believed in angels because like there's there's the good and the bad you know? and uh, heaven and hell they're they're both there so uh, I grew up with uh, with that understanding, with that belief. Um, so uh, that was very much installed in me growing up. Uh, so that was a huge, important part of uh, my belief system. And uh, I was uh, very much uh, into my faith when I, um, and I, I still am. Of course, there are parts in our lives where we stray and uh, we struggle and we move away a little bit sometimes. And that's just natural. It just happens in life sometimes. Luck, you know, the important part for me personally is that as long as I come back, <laughs> as long as I get back from it, that's the important thing. Um, but anyway, back then, um, uh, what really, uh, what really motivated me, I think, I think my first stepping stone toward um, this paranormal writing about the paranormal. Uh, specifically the books that I wrote, um, really 
the germ of of the idea for what I end, uh, eventually wrote later in life came from my experience as a teenager. I I never. <laughs> my sister will argue with me because she has had lots of experiences apparently, and she would say, "Don't you remember this? Don't you remember that?" And I'm like, "Well." Uh, I guess I kept writing things off. Like I would experience things, I guess, but then I would write them off because they weren't like blatantly, it's not like I saw a ghost or you know, anything like that growing up. Um, but I always believed in them. <laughs> and I always like, there were times when I was like, man, I wanna see one, that kind of thing. Finally, later in life, I actually did, and I'll talk about that later. Your, your worst came true. <laughs> I know, I'm like, like, but that, that was, <laughs> The frustrating thing is I didn't know it was a ghost when I saw it and I was like, shoot, darn it. <laughs> I missed my opportunity to talk to a ghost or whatever, communicate, you know, it's so mad. But anyway, like through, throughout my life, I was just like, I was very interested in always and, you know, um, mesmerized and, uh, by, uh, you know, really believing in spirits. Um, and, uh, but anyway, what happened when I was a teenager was more of a deep spiritual experience that I that I had. I mean, I always was a very spiritual person. But what one thing that happened when I was uh, 16 years old, I went through a deep, terrible depression. And uh, it was very, very bad. And um, uh, I remember this one phrase that I don't know if someone said it to me or if it was just one of those epiphany moments that just the words came to me and it uh it just opened up my eyes to a different idea about depression um i i said to myself um if i'm such a worthless human being then why is the devil trying so hard to destroy me um that's what helped me turn around just enough that I could start to recover. Um, because when you're in that deep, dark hole, you see no light. Um, you, you almost forget what it feels like to be happy again. Um, and you think, you know, you, you think you're worthless and you know, there's just no good that you can feel about anything. Um, and, uh, anxiety and depression does, uh, run in my family so it's it's, um, it's just something that i guess unfortunately um happened to me just you know something that uh just caught me at a my uh, vulnerable teenage uh 16 year old <laughs> life uh you know some every teenager goes through something and i guess that was my thing basically um and but that's something i'll never forget uh, is is thinking well if i am such a worthless human being then why is the devil trying so hard to destroy me uh, that was the germ that um kind of stuck around lingered you know these there are these things when you're when uh when you're creating creating a book it, it kind of ends up being this cloud that um is a collection of all these things you've wanted to maybe express. Uh, and it just, it's magic when it all comes together. And that's one big, huge part of, of the book that's like underlying. Um, it's not, 
it, it's it's touched on a little bit, but it's not like the main huge focus of the book. But I was I was able to finally with this fictional book series about the paranormal to touch on that and express that thing that I had wanted to talk about for a long time, but never wanted I never wanted to write a book about my depression. It's like that'll be too burnt. <laughs> I don't want to do that. That's going to take me right back there. I don't want to do that. Um, but I was like, I, but I do want to talk about this and about spiritual warfare and my belief that spiritual warfare is a real thing. Um, so um, that was something that was, I think that's what I love about fiction is there is so much truth in it, you know, or at least your personal truth mm -hmm. uh, that you can put into a fictional uh, story. Um, I love that. <laughs> well, I, 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 I think, I mean, I don't write fiction myself, but I do, you know, I do read and, and well, I listen to audiobooks mostly now because of my hands, but, um, it's a, it's a, I think from, from a, from a, from a perspective of us living that scene, living that, well, I, I shouldn't say scene, that comes more from a movie perspective, uh, which I've been trained in. So sorry, I re it regressed a little myself. <laughs> I kind of see life as a movie anyway. So I, <laughs> you know, it, it's you know, you from each chapter, which is still like a scene. You know, you we get to experience it and live it through you, whether it be from the page or or up on screen. You know, we get to live that through that character, whatever it happens to be, and we all put a little of something in ourselves in anything we write. You know, I think that I've written screenplays where there's me in there as well. You know, I'm not going to admit that to whoever I'm pitching it to. You know, this is a story about me. I'm the hero and I did this and I did that and I did this. Or I'm the villain and I did this, 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 this. You better take my screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what I mean? It, I think that, that it allows us to connect with the story so much better from that perspective because we see a little bit of ourselves in each one of the the chapters that come through, each one of the scenes that come through. And it, you know, it just helps develop the story in such a very unique way, you know, from that perspective. You've always had an inkling towards the paranormal and the supernatural from that perspective. So I think that it, it what, that's what intrigues you. You believe in demons, you believe in angels, you know, there is a heaven, there is a hell. And, and I believe the same thing. You know, I talk to my angels every day. I think we all have guardian angels. I think we have angels that watch over us. At the same time, we have demons that are knocking at the door. And, you know, it's it's one of those things we have to kind of balance out what we listen to, what we don't listen to, what we see, what we don't see. And from that perspective, it kind of keeps us sane, you know, to, to a good point. But at the same time, be aware of what's out there and what does exist. Because, again, you have a choice. Do you listen to the like the old cartoons where they had the angel on one shoulder and the little devil on the other shoulder. <laughs> Which one do you flick off your shoulder? Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> from that perspective, though, did, did, let's talk about you know, your, have you had paranormal experience? What, you know, let's talk about that. Did you have yeah, so go ahead. I should, I should mention that. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad that I can find, that I finally have a story to tell about. <laughs> story, stories, stories like that are great. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, um, I think it was, let's see, it was maybe two or three, maybe two or three years after my dad passed away. However, uh, I think a little bit before this experience happened, a friend of ours also passed away uh, who was local from cancer. 
Um, so, uh, for, so, but anyway, what happened <laughs> was uh, I was just laying in bed, you know, on my side. I'll never forget the position I was in because I felt a tap on kind of like on, on the side of my leg. And it was a gentle tap. It was, and my, my husband, sometimes if he wants to wake me up or something, he'll be like, uh, he'll just, you know, do a gentle tap because he doesn't want to be yeah. aggressive about it. <laughs> so As my wife so said, I'm I didn't just going to tap you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I won't wake you up. I'll just tap you lightly. Like <laughs> exactly. So I don't get startled. But anyway, so I, so I, I, I kind of, I'm just, the, the room is completely dark. You know, I have no idea what time it is, but it is really dark. Um, but you know, when you're, um, when you're opening your eyes from, uh, and it's, the room is already dark and you know, your eyes are kind of already used to the darkness just with your eyes closed. As you open up your eyes, and I know this because I've tested this so many times after, ever since, um, your eyes are already there's no adjustment that needs to happen. You open your eyes and you see the room, but it, even though it's dark, and then anything that's in the room that's uh, that's not far away is you know kind of blocks out the anything else that's in the room. Um, so when I open my eyes, you know I see this uh, this you know tall person standing you know beside beside my bed, just like a, a foot a foot away, just like right there. Uh, standing next to me and uh, it didn't startle me because I was like half asleep and I and I, I even remember I was like oh sorry I, I, I think I meant I, I just mumbled sorry because I thought maybe my husband was waking me up and saying I thought maybe I overslept or something it was time to get the kids up for school and I was because ever once in a while that will happen <laughs> it does uh, however then I the realization hit me uh you know, tomorrow's Saturday, you know, this was, you know, I'm not supposed to get the kids up for school, you know, there's the real, so I'm like all dopey and, you know, really tired. I'm like, why, why is he waking me up? And then uh, suddenly I realized, you know, I kind of like the person who, you know, it's like, he wasn't saying anything to me. And I'm like, what's, what's going on? Yeah, you know, in my head, I'm not saying anything, but just this, you know how all this happens just in split seconds in your mind, you're thinking, your thought goes from one thing to another. And then suddenly I realize David's right next to me in bed. <laughs> and whoever this is standing beside my bed is about his height. It's not my son. You know, I have a son and a daughter. They're, they're you know, they're in the hallway. They're down the hall, you know. Sometimes my son will, like, just stand there and like he has freaked me out sometimes <laughs> like don't do that <laughs> but it wasn't well i was still so i don't know what time i think it might have been like maybe three o'clock in the morning or something i'm That's not the witching sure hour. yeah exactly uh-huh um so then i realized okay this is not my husband this is not my son <laughs> this is definitely not my daughter who is standing beside my bed staring down at me I, I, and I, I need glasses, as you can tell. Uh, so I don't know if it was because of that, that I couldn't see any definition uh, of who it was or, you know, or all I could see was that it was a person standing there. 
And I was freaked out, not because I thought I was seeing a ghost, but because there was someone standing next to my bed and I don't know who it is. And like my deepest fear is like someone coming in and hurting my kids or something, you know? So I was just like, my eyes are open. This person is probably sees me and um, isn't doing anything, isn't saying anything. There's no movement. I'm like, I'm just gonna lay here and keep my eyes open and stare without blinking uh, and just wait to see what this person's gonna do. <laughs> so I, I thought, okay, uh, I'll just, so this is like in a span of probably maybe it might've been 30 seconds or something, this whole, all these thoughts are going through my head. It might've been 30 seconds at, at tops that this was going on. And then finally the figure just faded away. It just dissipated slowly, so slowly that I started thinking, did I even really see that? What, what the heck was that? And then, and then the realization hit me and I'm like, I think I just saw a ghost or something. <laughs> I was just like, you idiot. <laughs> I was like, what if that was my dad coming to say hi? I, I could have said hi to him. I could have tried to communicate. I was so mad. <laughs> I, I, it's our brain kind of going, was that real? Was that not real? Yeah, as I, I always have. You know, like my sister <laughs> hates that about me. She was like, you, we experienced stuff when we were kids all the time. Like, she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, I guess I just wrote them off. You know, I, I just kept rationalizing things away and thinking, well, that didn't make any sense. So it must have been this or that, or maybe I imagine it or whatever. So I, she has more memories than I do because I guess she took things more seriously than I did. She didn't write things off like I did. So but this is one thing that I, I know I saw it. I know it happened, and I can't explain what the heck it was. <laughs> well, and realistically, the fact that you weren't you weren't threatened by it, yeah, you, you weren't intimidated by it, which means it was something friendly. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't. I was just confused. I didn't know what I was like. I thought it was a real person. That's why I was scared. Like if I had known it was a ghost, I don't think I would have been scared because at that point in my life, I was actually really really in interested in the paranormal and doing a lot of research uh, already. Uh, um, and I had a psychic friend that just happened to be a friend. Uh, and so I had like done a lot of just personal investigation about stuff and, um, and was very, very interested. So that's why I was so angry. <laughs> uh, but you know, they, they, on the other hand, may have been the same thing. Why didn't I say something? <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. Like, Dad, next time you come and see me, try to say something to just me, okay? <laughs> Don't just stand there. Don't just stand there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. It, as kids, you, going back to what you said about your sister, you know, as kids, you know, I think we are, I think we're all given that gift of clarity in seeing that as kids. I think we're more open, our minds and our hearts are more open to seeing things like that as kids. And then society kind of starts shutting that door on us. You know, you have people who have imaginary friends and they're going, you can't have an imaginary friend. Well, maybe there really is an imaginary friend, but it's not imaginary. Yeah. And exactly. when you start saying that doesn't exist and you're wrong, 
then they start not believing it and closing the door a little bit. So, you know, I, you know, all the conversations that I've had over the last three and a half years in regard to the paranormal, the supernatural, and and life after death, the in between, and in all these areas, I think that I've uh, the one thing that I've really learned it it emphasized to me that fact is that children are open to it because they society hasn't closed them to it yet. Some people bring it forward with them. Some people kind of push it aside. Some people close their eyes because they're afraid or they don't necessarily want to open their eyes and believe what might be there kind of a thing. So, you know, yeah, well, now you know. See, next time you get a little tap on the leg, you kind of can still open your <laughs> eyes and slowly take a look. Exactly. Say, I, I even tested it. Like, I tested it so many times afterwards. It was like, because of my stupid, rationalized mind, I was trying to rationalize it away. I was like, maybe there was something in the room that just looked like that. I'm like, no, because ever like I don't know how many times after that happened, I and I would wake up in the middle of the night again, and I would just practice. I would just like, okay, I'm gonna open my eyes. Nope, nope, nothing's you know, <laughs> nothing <laughs> looks like anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah. so you need to reach out back out to your dad and say, hey, I'm doing a scientific experiment come back and visit me i want to test to see whether or not i was still sleep or dreaming <laughs> or whether or not you know and if you do show up don't just stand there you put, paint a little paint like a little you know do a little cardboard sign that says speak to me then yes pick it up and <laughs> hold up your sign <laughs> yeah oh my uh, goodness you know it's it is it, I, I think that writing these books in this book series that you're you're getting into, I, I find it fascinating because I have been interested myself in the spiritual and the paranormal, and I've had experiences myself over the years. And in regard to um, the aspect of, number one, the spiritual warfare, number two, the in-between, I think in-between really fascinates me. Uh, there used to be, uh, uh, overall, there's the aspect of the in-between. And for those of you that are listening and watching, if you don't, understand the in-between there is this space between here and heaven and or, or earth that or, or hell wherever you're going to go it's like a holding place like a like a, a way station the bus stop and in that time period there it allows you as an individual that has just passed on to kind of accept the fact that you passed on and understand it and see where you're at and if there's anything you need to finish, is there anything in the, you know this kind of a thing? Anything you need to to resolve, or uh, before you move up or down or or come back? Because I've had people that have near death experiences that actually have died, have been went to the in between, saw their family members, saw this and everything else, and grandpa said, "It's not your time. Go back." Yeah. Kind of a thing. So, in, from that perspective, what kind of research did you do from all of those things that I think you've incorporated with within now your writing aspects of you, you know, have you explored more stories or more interviewed more people who are mediums or psychics or people who've experienced any of these things? Well, years and years ago, uh, when I, um, um, I, I don't remember like, I don't know, maybe in the year 2000 or something even, I remember going to this, uh, just a local, just a library. Uh, it was in, it was uh, published in the community um, 
of community events newsletter that there was this psychic lady that was uh, going to be giving a talk. And um, I think that was what like really began my personal journey to investigating more and more and wanting to hear more and more between uh, listening to talks and uh, go going on YouTube and listening mm -hmm. more, you know, trying to get even more and more you know, information from, from different uh, people who are, uh, who had valid experiences. Um, and, um, but this lady, which was kind of funny, who just was just doing this talk at, uh, at a local library. Uh, she actually, her name is, uh, is a go they call her ghost, uh, Mary Ann the Ghostbuster here in Cleveland. And uh, she actually is the person that uh, a, a TV series was based on her experiences. Really? Um, oh, I need to, oh, I can't remember what the name of it was. Oh, well, there, there was, let me see, there was, how long ago was it? That would be the greatest question. Oh, um, the series that the series that was done, it might have been, uh, the ghost whisperer. That's what it was. It was based on her. And, uh, so I think, uh, so I was like, oh, that's really cool. I can't believe that, you know, she's, that famous now, <laughs> basically. Um, I love that but, show. Uh, yeah, but she's the one I first heard things like, um, it was very interesting to me. I would just hang on her every word, just fascinated by, and you know, she wasn't like this obvious woo-woo type person. You know, she was, she's just, she remind me of my grandmother. You know, she was right. a, a very snarky, very like, very matter of fact and, um, not not woo woo seeming at all you know she didn't have purple hair or wore you know crazy speak, stuff or speak anything. with one of those gypsy accents give me 20 dollars <laughs> yeah, exactly. i'll tell you she, didn't, she wasn't holding crystals or you know anything you know stuff like look into my and, crystal and I have ball. Friends like that. i'm not making fun of them but that you know <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's but, always but it, go ahead <laughs> oh sorry but yeah it was it was just funny to me. Like that, that kind of helped me believe her even more in the very beginning. Just like this is not someone who seems like she'd be making this stuff up, you know. And and um, she just seemed very rational and normal and not strange at all. And she had these amazing stories. And and she, so through listening to her, I that's when I you know I bought one of her books and I was uh, fascinated by the. Um, what she would one thing that she would said say that you know there were a lot of things that came from my experiences listening to her and also listening to other psychics and um i guess they're all very different they all have different talents you know there are some who see who only see angels there are some who only see people who are in the in-between um some of them only see some of them only hear or whatever you know like they each have their own little mm -hmm. niche talents just like anybody just like anybody else like you know i'm good at writing this or that you know that kind of and uh so it was interesting to me that um uh so that kind of formed this that idea when i was writing the book about the idea that uh one of my care the character that is a psychic in the book she's just a kid so she's really struggling with a lot of you know stuff about it uh but um she uh she lost her dad <laughs> the character in my in my book and um and she has 
no idea if he's even around her, you know, because she only uh, only sees and hears uh, people who are in the, in the in between. So uh, there, you know, that's that, one of those that must things be the that I took. In between. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Therefore, yeah, somewhere in between. Um, so uh, I I did even more research about it before I uh, bef when I was doing just because of I was my fascination and my my imaginings. I was like, am I the? I, I was thinking, am I the only person who's thinking about? this kind of thing you know about levels like how, i wonder how many level like what about the levels of heaven you know you know there you know are there you know not thinking i wasn't thinking so much about the levels of hell at the time but i was thinking about the like are there levels of heaven like are there heavenly realms like they hear about heavenly realms it's like and and you know are there certain like like what happens once you go into heaven? Can you go back into the in between? You know, can and do you have more freedom? You know, can you go and try to help those souls that are stuck in the in between? That kind of thing. So I started, you know, just imagining that kind of stuff and thinking, you know, um, these people who have passed on, who have, you know, unstuck themselves, um, you know, are, are able. You know, I was imagining, you know, they can come back and and help those lost souls and maybe coach them a little bit, be their, you know, spirit guides in the spirit world, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and uh, so I was really, I was doing some investigation about that and, and uh, bought a, a book by this uh, one person whose name I can't remember now, but <laughs> actually talked about, you know, the levels of the heavenly realm and that kind of thing. Um, and I was like, wow, this is kind of fruitcakey, but <laughs> it's very interesting. <laughs> I was like, but, but we never, you know, until we experience it, we, we never know until we actually experience it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, see it, was just it like, in some form. It was just really cool to think uh, that there are other people out there mm -hmm. who have imagined the same kinds of things. And, you know, I was like, is this a new idea or is it not a new idea? You know, I, I don't care if it's a new idea or not. I was mm -hmm. just curious to know. Uh, has any, And I was like, yeah, there's, there's a guy out there, at least one person, who's written some very serious books about this kind of stuff uh, as nonfiction just exploring the concept of it um so um and uh so you took that information and and you wrote somewhere in between yeah uh, explores the topic of life after death and spiritual warfare in a light-hearted and entertaining manner stranger mm -hmm. things with a humorous vibe i mentioned it earlier but we'll re-emphasize it for everybody mm -hmm. um you know it's it's i used to love this show there used to be a show called um, the in between Unfortunately, oh, okay. it lasted. I don't know if it lasted two seasons. Mine lasted only two seasons, maybe one. Oh. but it was really good. It starred the. I don't know if you've watched American Auto. Uh, no, that, I don't think so. Yeah, one of the actors in there. It starred her, and then it. And of course, they left it on the cliffhanger. That it's like you canceled the show on the cliffhanger. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> So then you're left wondering, you know, for the rest of eternity going, what happened? Um, but, uh, but yes, I've always been fascinated with the in-between. I've actually had a conversation, a couple of conversations with some people on the show in regard to the in-between in specific. So what an ironic um, coincidence that, that you, you come on and you've written a book about, uh, it's fiction, but you've written a book about the in-between, which is actually a reality. Yeah. 
you know, kind of a thing. So you've, you've kind of intertwined both of those, which I find really, you know, pretty cool, actually. Um, it, you, you, this particular series, um, it, it's a three book series, you've written two books within that, uh, so okay. far within that. Tell us about the other book, if you don't mind, because I think I could talk for another, yeah, we're closing in. I, I okay. could talk for a whole nother hour, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, but tell, tell us about the, you, you have, you have the the two books in a three book series. What is the second book about? Well, the second book uh, is I'm actually really proud of it too because it won a best teen book award uh, last year. So really, I just have to mention that because I'm so excited about it. But uh, it's congratulations! Basically, so the, thank you. So the second book goes. Uh, well, the first book is more of like uh, you know takes you through you know the. Uh, you know, introducing the characters, of course, and um, introducing the subject and, you know, really kind of, you know, um, helping you understand what the in-between is and all the different things that are going on. And the second book um, is more uh, about it. It, it in, Well, basically what, hmm, let's see. Okay, how much should I reveal? So, so the first book opens with chapter one. There's no spoil. There's no spoiler alert or anything. Chapter one, page one. The main character dies. Of course, he has to because it's about the afterlife. It's better so, than a cliffhanger. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he, so exactly. So, so anyway, so he, uh, so he dies. You know, he's uh, 14 years old. He's in a car crash with, uh, with his family, and he's the only one who, who passes away in the family. Um, but right away, he is just dumbfounded he doesn't know what the heck is going on you know he's just this simple teenager you know doesn't have much of an imagination really he's kind of like a uh kind of a, almost like a jock kind of kid you know and um he's like what the heck is going on so he's experiencing this stuff and you know this basically an angel comes to him right away and and um and this is chapter one so so he's like okay um and, and so the angel you know, tells him some things and luckily um uh, as he moves through the the in between, um, he luckily encounters very some positive uh, people. You know, he finds a spirit guide and that kind of thing. Um, the second book, um, and I knew from the beginning that it was going that I was like, okay. Uh, so the the first book, kind of the theme is letting go in a way, because you know, the first book is about him. You know, he's you know. You know, when you're when you're a spirit in the in the uh, in between, that is kind of the theme of your existence. You have to learn how to let go of uh, of uh, the life that you're not going to have anymore and uh, accept your new reality. Um, so the second book focuses. I was like, I want the second book to focus on forgiveness, and uh, the reason for that was so I decided to. Uh, begin chapter one of the second book with the experience of the driver who's in the other car who crashed into them and um so it begins with uh it has all the same characters from the first book but it kind of like takes you for a spin at the very beginning introducing you to this new character that you're automatically um, the thing is, um, I wanted to make, I was like, you know what, I, I don't want, I want this character to be completely sympathetic, even though this character caused this tragedy to happen in the first book. 
I want you to love him. I want you to be to feel horrible for this character because of what this what this person is experiencing. And um, I think it, it basically it explores that spiritual war. It, it it explores the spiritual warfare element to a much deeper level. Um, and uh, because of this character who is um, basically cast and un, un, cast into a um, personal torment, not only by himself, but he uh, allows himself once again, when we are, when we are vulnerable, um, that's when the darkness can seep in. That's what the demons latch onto is our guilty feelings, our fears, all those negative things. That's what they latch onto. And I wanted to really grab onto that and, and get that through to the reader um, that this is a real thing. <laughs> um, and in, personally important to me, um, an important message that I really wanted to get across. And so the, the reason, uh, so what I did in order to make this character extremely sympath sympathetic, because it's like, okay, yes, he created this, tra this, he was the cause of this tragedy that happened in the first book. But the reason why the accident happened was because, uh, and this is based on a true story actually that happened in um, uh, one of my sister's uh, boyfriends had uh, died tragically in a car accident. And we believe it was due to um, him uh, having a seizure while he was driving um, because he had uh, epilepsy. So that's what I decided to do for, my, for this character. I was like, this, you know, he wasn't drunk driving, he wasn't being reckless. All that happened is you know, he was on his way to get some, uh, a refill on his medication for his epilepsy and he had a seizure while he was driving. And that's what caused the accident. And that's, you find that out basically in chapter one, so that's not a spoiler. Not a giveaway. But, uh, that's, but I was like, how, I was like, okay, how can I make this character sympathetic? You know, because he did cause this terrible thing. It's like, not every, you know, it makes you think, it's like, well, not everything that causes a tragedy is this horrible, evil thing. And um, I, cause I want, I want this character, I want you to feel for this character throughout the book and, and want this character to forgive himself and be forgiven. So, yeah. Both very, I mean, it's a very, very intriguing aspect, life after life. And I think you call the series. And I think that, you know, it, it is, is some of us kind of have that same seek for life after life in, in various aspects. You know, that happened to me as a cop because, and well, personal life and as a cop, you know, I watched so many people die in my personal life as well as on the job and pass away from traffic accidents, from gunshot wounds, from falling off a cliff, from, I mean, you name it, drowning. It, it is assault or murder. It, it's, it, you, you kind of, you question things and you kind of wonder what if and, and how, and did they experience this and what did they feel? And, you yeah. know, it, you go back and think about all that stuff at the time. You can't think about them, but you know, you go back and think about them. Um, yeah. anyway, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a, a whole different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, let's talk about, I know you've got uh, a, a whole slew, like what, 13 or 14 um, books uh, yes. in totality. A lot of them are kids' books. Um, mm -hmm. But the series that we have up on the screen 
is uh, somewhere in between and forgive me because I don't have my glasses on. Oh, yes. Uh, an Adventure in the Afterlife is the, the subtitle. <laughs> yes, no problem. Um, <laughs> At so least I remember what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's important. Uh, yeah, that's tell, us important. How, <laughs> tell us how we can get a hold of you, how we can uh, find out more about uh, your self-publishing opportunities, yeah. help other people in the self-publishing journey, and how to get a hold of these books in this series because they're like fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, just go to uh, cawpublishing.com. That's cawpublishing.com. C-A-W stands for Create Away, which is kind of my mantra, uh, which is basically create space a space way that's <laughs> that's the way i say it to myself um because i'm all about you know creating a way for yourself to do what you love to do and when it comes to self-publishing that's um that i really want to encourage people if you have a book inside you you can get it out and uh, there are so many opportunities out there now for authors um to just to even get your book out for free um, it's wonderful. Um, my art website, if you want to look at my art as well, is W Fedan, my last name, F-E-D-A-N dot Weebly dot com. And that's that's my art website, but you'll also see links from there to all the other things I do. Um, so and I also have a podcast, uh, Create Away with Art Abundance. You'll see the icon there on the screen. Uh, and that is also linked. Uh, you can find that on my uh, my publishing website as well. I'm sorry. I'll make sure that those are in the show notes. Everybody has an easy way to connect and, and link to them. And I'll get the other link from you um, for the art website as well uh, before before we go. But uh, I'll make sure everybody's got a link to that because you, you obviously help people um, if they are in the self-publishing journey. Um, you help people through that journey and move them forward in it so they can learn how. And you're going to come back. We're going to talk kind of about that, about the creative process, book writing, how to get it published, how to get self-published and things like that. So Thank I'm you. looking forward to that as well. Um, Me too. <clears throat> this is one more thing before you go, Wendy. First of all, thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate you sparing your, you know, sharing your journey and, and how you got to where you were, your paranormal experiences, and how you got to write these these wonderful books and, and kind of implement a little bit of yourself within those books to help us yeah. answer some questions. So thank you very much for that. This is one more thing before you go. So before we, we go, do you have any words of wisdom? Whether it be paranormal side or or creative side. Well, I guess I, since I haven't talked too much about the whole creativity thing, well, we started talking about creativity at the very beginning. So I guess I'll bookmark, I'll bookend that with that and say, once again, with the, with the whole create a way message that I like to preach is, you know, if you, you know, if you don't feel like there is a way, there always is a way, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just harder to find the way towards uh, what you want to do in life. Um, but uh, if uh, when God guides, he provides, I like saying that too. <laughs> but um, if you've got this, uh, if you have this story inside you, everyone, there is that old saying, everyone has a book inside them. And I do believe that some people have just one, some people have a dozen, some people have a hundred. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but even if you believe that you're like, well, you know what, someone else has written about that, you know, Yes, that's true. 
most likely, you know, there is, there is an author I remember hearing, so he said, there is no such thing as a new idea. <laughs> However, nobody else can tell your story as you. So um, you go and tell your story the way only you can do it because there is no one else out there like you, no one else out there with your voice. Uh, someone else might have a similar story, but no one has your story. So go and tell it. <laughs> profound words of wisdom. Profound, profound. Wendy, thank you again for coming on the show. I really am grateful that we got to connect and uh, we got to Same. talk and I'm looking forward to the next talk. It's been a joy, Michael. Thank you so much. And everybody else listening and watching, uh, one more thing before you all go. Have a great day. Have a great week. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go. Check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform.